0: And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm when your co Skeeter, and along with me tonight, as usual, our Case and Cole. How y'all doing?
1: Good. Doing good. How are y'all?
0: Fellas, it's officially season two for the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. Uh, summer in front of the fan ended. It was a fun year. Uh, we're not officially a year old yet because we started kind of, what was it, around the K-State game last year? Yeah, I think
1: it was week three or four, something like that. Yeah.
0: And so we're, we're not officially a year old, but we're turning the page going into season two, focusing on the 2023 24 athletics year. And uh, I didn't tell you all this in pre show, but I just want to know what was y'all's favorite moment? What do you remember most about 2023 or 2022 23
2: Mizzou athletics? Oh, Mizzou athletics
0: or the show? Mizzou Athletics. Like what's gonna stick out?
2: Um beating Tennessee in uh the SC tournament. That was the furthest we've ever been. And man, did not just seem to go on top of the world that day. Like that was so much fun. That was. That was. So, I'd
1: say, yeah, either that to uh in the SEC tournament or I mean that buzzer beater in tennessee in knoxville was yeah was pretty incredible too um yeah i feel like the easy way out easy way out of this question would be to say the basketball season but um there were some there were some growing pains for football too that i feel like were necessary uh to get us to to where we are now we're going to touch on those here in just a little bit but um yeah i'd say you know getting to getting to meet some of the players from from the basketball team getting to meet the basketball team um was was pretty awesome um and then to lock up that top 4 seed in the SEC tournament was pretty incredible looking forward to hopefully doing it again this year
0: well i, I think for me as a, as a whole looking back on the year across all of mizzou athletics i would say it was a year of change yeah uh, football we saw steps of progression it wasn't necessarily the results we wanted but you know that or What was it, first weekend of October against Georgia? We showed like, hey, you know, Drinkwits can actually do this. Uh, We might just be missing a, a couple pieces here and there, but we can actually do this. And then the change instilled in the basketball program by Dennis Gates and staff and the excitement. I mean, how many times this summer? have we been talking football and all of a sudden got on a tangent of basketball (laughs) (laughs) and we're all smiling, excited for this year. coming. Like,
1: yeah, probably a third of the time, at least.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, baseball, Coach Beezer out and Coach Jackson in. Uh, So I, I think change is what would stand out to me. The only thing that didn't change is Keegan O'Toole, still a beast, still a national champion.
1: There are some things that are constant, and that is one of them.
0: Hey, I ain't gonna lie. That was probably my favorite moment because if you remember, he lost in the dual individual match against Carr at the end of the season, and then in the Big Twelve tournament, he lost to Carr, and so you knew what was coming in the national tournament. Yeah, and Keegan took care of business and got there and showed. Hey, you know you made me work and you made me go back to the drawing board and showed that heart and termination of a champion and refused to be defeated that night on the mat. And I mean, that, that to me just shows what being an athlete and the success that they taste. I mean, yeah, being undefeated is an awesome feat, but I think he got to enjoy it a little bit more after having lost those two pretty recent to the same guy beat.
2: Adversity does that makes it a little more sweeter. Yeah, the revenge—the revenge is
1: definitely, mm-hmm. definitely sweet. You know when he, uh, when his hand was being raised there in the national tournament. You know he was feeling pretty darn good about it.
0: No, and then as far as podcast, my, you know, let's let's talk on that. My favorite thing about the podcast—I mean, just the people we've got to meet and interact with. Uh, yeah, the the places we've reached. I never would, you know. I thought like. 510 listeners you know it's probably going to be family and friends but <laughs> we're enjoying doing it. I mean there's mm-hmm. even times legit I was thinking how long are we going to keep doing this you know like watching yeah. the numbers how long are we going to keep doing this but we stuck through it the diversity and the numbers are are growing slowly and steadily but uh building a friendship with y'all uh I've known y'all for a couple of years via Twitter but actually getting to know you uh you know, just, Cole, you know, you, you made me go back to the drawing board. I thought I was getting pretty good, pretty proud of two deer last year. Get, <laughs> Do, season, I mean, I, I had feel the best pretty year. worthless after last the, year.
1: I had the best year of my life. I really did. And if I can replicate it again this year, I'll I'll be like, okay, maybe I'm figuring something out. But, no, man, it's and it's what we talk about on here all the time. It's having fun. It's every, like, every athlete that we've had on here. That's been involved in the outdoors. They all go back to like, it's their escape from the world and they're out here just to have fun and, and, you know, enjoy it. And that's, that's why I do it. And that's why, you know, we, we created this platform because we knew we weren't the only ones out there that were involved in the outdoors, whether it's been hunting, and fishing or hiking or, you know, surfing or wakeboarding or whatever you want to do as if you're outside and being active, Hey, come on.
0: Or Brett Starver would say his favorite outdoor activity: getting from the vehicle to
2: inside the house,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and going to football games, and going yeah. to tailgates. That's, yeah, you say Brett's that, but he's the one products.
2: out there, and it's 30 degrees and a pullover and shorts. In shorts, so, in shorts you know. exactly, <laughs> Brett. You know, I don't know if you guys know that Brett, but in the coldest of Mizzou games, he still wears shorts. It's yeah. like the weirdest thing.
1: I need to. We need to ask him if during the NMSU game, the New Mexico State game, when it was like 12, if he was still wearing shorts.
2: I think he said he was.
1: Yeah. then there's
2: I can't remember. Yeah.
1: Something more you... wrong with him than we already thought. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In case, you have anything you want to say looking back on the last year of, of starting this podcast and
2: uh, yeah. things stick out to you? There's something I've said to YouTube quite a bit. And I'll say on the podcast here, um, like I know we haven't had like a listener wise, like a meteoric rise or anything, but Man, let's think about the fact who we've gotten talked to on this. It's just so cool. Like, we got a relationship with Noah Carter. We had a relationship with, uh, you know, basketball players, excuse me, softball players, baseball players, football players. Um, Just how cool is that? Would you like you? I like it's fun that we've been able to dialogue with them and make relationships with players and stuff. So, um, listeners will come. You know, we're still we're still figuring stuff out. I think finally on Apple is going to be good for us. But um, if if you know if something happened tomorrow and they're like, all right, you're never making an episode again, man. Like we've had some cool conversations with players already, and that's worth it, right there. You know.
1: Yeah, and it's fun. That's why, like, I, you know, I put out on Twitter. By the time this comes out, we've kind of already uh, been out for a day or so. But I put out on Twitter, and I'll probably put it on Instagram too. That like, hey, if send me, I'm working on a project, and I want people to send me their favorite Mizzou, you know picture whether it's at the stadium or a tailgate whatever it is you you with a selfie with Truman I don't care what it is um and then also a picture of the outdoors and you know a good friend of ours Maggie she had sent me a couple pictures and was like well I don't have any with like you know turkeys or deer or fish and I'm like I don't care like that doesn't matter um you know it's just you outside doing something um and so kind of working on a working on a project with that but it's like you said it's just put us in touch with so many different people that and and skeeter credit to you for coming up with the summer in front of the fan series we got to talk to what a dozen people um and hear their stories on how and why they became a mizzou fan And that's that's what it's about
0: uh and is Maggie really a good friend of ours? I mean, she kind of threw it in <laughs> her face that she made that their podcast made the big game boomer list of. Best she, her,
1: and big game boomer like this man. He's <laughs> he's always putting her on some kind of list.
0: <laughs> yeah Top
1: Mizzou account. Now it's the podcast. So that's uh, why hey, that's us. why I tweeted at him. I was like, look, we you haven't been on their podcast, but you've been on ours. Dead gummit. I yeah. talked to you face
2: well, <laughs> kind of face to face, but yeah,
1: what's up with that? That's so, all right
2: though. Speaking of lists, guys, did you see, I got I got put on one yesterday. No, for what? So, College Football Report put top twenty-five cultural personalities, and then even more importantly, Jamerson from Branson. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> he made his top five. Uh, oh, we hear his top five. Yeah, let's hear it. Number one, Hobo Come. Okay. Number two. Phil, a uh, super fan. Phil, okay. okay. Number three, uh, Caleb Bungart. Okay. Number four, uh, Caroline Jackpot.
1: Caroline and Jackpot. And randomly, number gun.
2: five, Case IH Red Zone.
1: Holy cow! Lucky <laughs> there.
0: to be e on there.
2: That's right. Pick. Jamerson's yeah. hilarious. I'm excited about that. He, he's pretty funny.
0: But if y'all <laughs> noticed this week,
2: uh, I kind of did
0: the old school shade of gold across the bottom and on our names that's because in mizzou news at practice today old school qb <laughs>
1: careful now find
0: out yeah careful now <laughs> <laughs> don't worry todd i'll call myself old too <laughs> but chase daniel <laughs> uh at the facility today talking up with coach drink and watching practice and, and he seemed to have a pretty intent eye on what he was seeing and. I can only imagine the the conversations he got to have, and I hope hope these guys on the roster now understand who he is and, and what he means to the university and fans like us.
1: Yeah, that I if they don't, then there's you know maybe there needs to be a history portion of uh, of when you become a freshman at Mizzou, Mizzou football at least. You know, you need to. Sit down in the filling room, watch a little bit of film, but yeah, that was awesome to see to see Chase back in Columbia and there in the in the new indoor facility. Um, you you can only imagine that he sat down at least with the quarterbacks and Kirby Moore after after practice, and hopefully at least just talked a little shop with them and and just kind of picked you know allowed the the quarterbacks and and Coach Moore to pick his brain on some stuff because he had arguably one of the best backup careers in the NFL. I mean, right?
0: He, he showed everybody yeah. how to make over $41 million and start <laughs> a handful of games.
2: I yeah. think he had yeah. a
0: pretty smart strategy there.
2: He yeah. didn't get injured, and he made a bunch of money. So he's the real winner, a real yeah. winner in this one, right? That's right. Um, yeah, I like what you said, Cole, because I saw a video of Drink and him uh, just kind of talking shop there at the 50-yard line of the indoor. And, you know, they're kind of like talking about arm look, look, look like uh, follow throughs and their quarterbacks, stuff like that. That so. cracked me up. Drink was like,
1: <laughs> I almost imagined drink being like, all right, Chase, what do you think of my what do you think of my throwing axe in here? What do you think of my through Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's worried about his, not one of the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Tell, tell me what I'm doing wrong here, Chase, so I can school these young bucks,
2: you notice? Yeah, yeah, uh, you, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's, such a, that's a name that we definitely want in there with that quarterback competition, man, is For one sure. of their set of eyes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For sure. Uh,
0: I wonder if Drink knew he was coming because you notice he ain't shaved in a couple of days. He was getting uh, that 5 o'clock shadow pretty thick there. You know, Chase, he's, he's always had that big, thick beard of his. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. if Coach was trying to, trying to get
1: on his level. That's all right.
2: I like, I like Drink with his beard. Just, just stick with that.
1: Yeah. And he's growing a mustache, just he needs to like have his deer stash going. Deer
2: stash you know, going. Maybe with sure, a handlebar.
0: I'm sure other fan bases would love that.
2: They already hate him, so <laughs> why not, right? Like I, I said in pre-show, drink and cure cancer, and they'd find a way to not like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk
0: about it. He went viral uh since our last episode. And you know the the conference realignment and the mess that that is and who knows what the 2024 2025 season is even going to look like as far as who's playing where and what and when. Uh, But, you know, he, he made pretty good statements and it, it wasn't the football players that he's worried about. It's the the student athletes that compete across all student athletes, you know, all all the sports and the toll that's going to take on them, you know, UCLA baseball having to go play a a weekend series in Rutgers, New York, but still got to uphold their academic responsibilities, you know, and you can only imagine what that's going to do to those kids and how hard it – how much harder it's going to make it. Because let's face it, the athletic part of the student-athlete they're putting in just as many hours or more than what we do on a 40 hour work week at our job Yeah, to be able to compete at that level. And how many hours does the student part, <laughs> you know, require Uh case? I know you went to college and you, you can touch on really what, what those classes are like. I've been school of blue collar and all my life, but you know, Cole, you were military. So you had a different structure around you, but, could you imagine being that type of baseball or track triath- athlete and
2: having to do all that traveling,
0: but also uphold your academics?
2: No, I mean, yeah, let's think about that. That's, that's like the, that's like the Yankees playing the angels, you know, which for them is still a long haul and like, right, now, now you've got to work in econ 201 in there as well at some point in homework from like, you know, English three hundred three hundred two, like, I I went to a D2 school here and um I know, you know, it's a little frustrating when like you play Central Oklahoma on a on a Wednesday. But that's that's that was from like northern Missouri to, you know, middle Oklahoma. I just you're right for these baseball players and softball players like those cross countries. They've got to figure something out on that where they end up playing other that much because man, that is a, a whole week of travel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They got to get yeah. there a day early, they have to leave a day later. They play on a thursday so what you're leaving maybe wednesday maybe tuesday you're getting back in the weekend so you've missed out of five days of class you've missed three yeah. maybe three days of class mm-hmm. man that is that's gonna be really rough to keep up those you know i understand we live in an age where you can do um a lot of online you know a lot of zoom classes um so i obviously graduated way, way before that was ever a thing so maybe that is doable for them but that just seems like it just seems like so much for these. I don't want to, non-revenue sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it, it's, like it's it's half, doable for half, sure. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead I geez. was gonna say like I know some of our like, Olympic style sports don't even get a plane; they use the bus. So right. like, I think where in the budget does it come from to to fly? You know, one of these smaller sports halfway across the country. It just it seems ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of that from my job. Um, you know, volleyball, soccer, um, they'll they'll actually do private charters. And, of course, you know, it's already established in the SEC. So only two new destinations starting next year are going to be, um, you know, Norman, Oklahoma and Austin, Texas. So, um, but, for, yeah, for those other schools, I mean, I, I remember Leach and uh, Ty talking to me about how, you know, sometimes they would they would take a bus to some of these places, um, and obviously that's not for the new Big Ten, Big Twelve. That's not going to be feasible. So it's it's pretty wild. I mean, it's probably been beat to death over the past couple of days, but it's just Dream nailed it. He everything he said, and especially kudos to him for being put on the spot like that. Um, I I don't know if he could have answered that any other way, like any any better way than what he already did, because it was. I mean, he nailed it from the academics to the travel aspect to this is all a football decision that's being made. It's just it's it's wild.
0: Hey, we're Desiree Reed Francois is in the business of making Mizzou profitable, right? Yeah. And Columbia, Missouri is somewhat, I mean, pretty well centrally located for the United States, right? Yep. Let's lease out our facilities for some of these <laughs> uh, neutral know, sites. When, when we're gone for a weekend series at Tennessee in baseball, let's host uh, Rutgers and USC. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. Let's make a little bit of money off the Big Ten. Yeah, that'd <laughs> That's be a terrible a day. idea. That's that'd actually a not a terrible plan. idea, right? Maybe I mean, we'll be able to upgrade our yeah. baseball stadium. <laughs>
2: And our boys yeah, fly really. On a
0: plane,
1: that's right. <laughs>
2: uh, you know, you think about it, and real quick, uh, the kickback of why I drink went viral negatively was because obviously we were at the center of realignment in 2010 when we left the Big 12 for the SEC. At the time, uh, we still have always touched states in SEC, so it's not that bad. But at the time, we were kind of seen as we were seen as what you know the West Coast is the Big Ten now which is silly. Look at it now with the addition of Oklahoma in Texas. Um, and Arkansas has always been there. Arkansas has always been very close to us. Are we not still a more regional teams in our, in our, in our uh, conference now? Like, you know, uh, that, was, one thing not that thing drive. was brought up over and over and over. And That's why I brought it up. I feel like we had people, to address that.
1: Yeah, it was. And it's, it was, what was the difference in some distances? like, 20 to 50 miles somewhere there, something you know, very minuscule.
2: I'll be honest, and I think a lot of the the people that comes from my side of the state, excuse me, because we used to have the basketball tournament in our city, and then we had Mm -hmm. Iowa State, which is a short jaunt, and then we had KU, which is very short, and then Manhattan is the exact same distance from KC as Columbia is. So you had those three right there real close. But once you get out of those three, it really was no different right um like and Oklahoma, even now then,
1: Oklahoma State
2: now it's you know Vandy exactly Austin was always there right. Lexington's not that bad like Vandy and Vandy's a fun trip because Nashville's a fun town um and then I didn't start this till we got the SEC but we go to we go to Florida Mississippi for vacation quite a bit and that's not a bad drive at all like getting to Ole Miss or getting to Starkville is nothing right. it's uh so it's That argument's kind of silly, and it is funny. You're not going to admit it now. It's funny that we're now one of the more regionally close conferences, yeah, compared to everyone else. Yep,
0: I mean, drink you know, as you say, Case, he can cure cancer. He he can tell you the sky's blue, and other fan bases will say he's an idiot, the sky's green, you know. No, uh, you know, not. Not talking to you, my neighbors, but M I Z. Uh, (laughs) uh, Other Mizzou news, big time uh, riding the basketball wave. You know, talking about that change earlier. And Marcus Allen, not the Marcus Allen I grew up with, but Marcus Allen, basketball player, four star recruit, uh, verbally committed. To our Tigers this week, so yeah, uh, gotta love what Coach Gates and Cy and the rest of the staff are are doing there, right?
2: Yeah, that's the big first of all. Um, that's the biggest get uh, in the rivals rankings since Jonte Porter. So that's a huge player to pick up. Sounded like Cy had been on him for a long time, since like ninth grade or something like that. Yeah, man. Uh, so he originally offered him the FSU. It just you had said some last week, Skeeter. I think about CY being one of those feared men on the recruiting trail, and I think we're seeing it. Like this guy, when he he cues on a player that he really wants, it's it's hard to beat him, you know. So yeah, man, it's good he, to see.
1: CY is a huge, huge asset, and I think it's one that we saw pay dividends on this recruit and. Hopefully here a little bit later in the week, we're going to see it uh, pay dividends for for another one Um, and maybe a couple more down the trail. So, yeah, it's um, CY is just an invaluable asset to the team. It's it's pretty remarkable.
2: Absolutely.
0: Let's see. Today's August 9th. It seems like there should be a football recruit uh, in state announcing. Was it the 11th
1: or 14th? 14th. 14th. 14th.
0: Okay. Uh and that's Williams, right? Yep. Okay, so maybe next week we'll
1: <laughs>
2: have Would some. We'd be
1: celebrating or I don't know.
2: Drowning in our sorrows, yeah. I guess. Boys, I'll be honest, I don't know which way to go on that one. I feel like every day I lean in a different direction. Yesterday I was real pro mizzou today I'm real thinking it's gonna be Oklahoma. So well, that'll be a that'll be a hat dance. I'm actually I have no idea which one's gonna pick up at the end.
1: And we saw it with we saw it with burden. So that's what I've kind of been telling people is he may commit, but until December 20th, um, I was talking to my brother-in-law today. He was, we were talking about Williams um, and then he was talking about how, you know, Wingo's committing a little bit later. And I was like, you know, it's honestly not a bad thing. He's committing so late because when he commits on December and if he's wanting to sign, then he's locked in. So there's not going to be mm-hmm. any chance for him to flip. Um, that's, that's not really the case with Williams. He could, you know, commit um, to OU, and hopefully we could flip him, or vice versa, he could commit to us and and get flipped by OU.
0: Well, the uh, segment I've heard a lot us. this week.
2: What was that case? Oh, just real, I was going to add on into that, and I'll let you go. I'm sorry. Uh, what I basically I've heard of him and with uh, who's water receiver from St. Louis, McKellen, McKellen, McClellan, yeah, McKellen. Uh, it doesn't matter what hat they pick up uh, because they're not going to get stopped recruited until NI or until signing day. So right. it doesn't—it doesn't matter what happens with those two because if if he pick if they pick up the Mizzou hat, other teams are gonna keep going. If they pick up another team's hat, we're gonna keep going. So nothing matters till signing day. I'm sorry, Skeeter. Go ahead. But
0: this is where I get confused, and you know the the new Missouri law says that they can start making NIL money as high school students once. They've signed with an in-state school. Uh, So to me, that's not till December, but uh, Mm -hmm. there was a person that I, I made that comment to because they were talking about Williams and getting his NIL money now. And I said, well, I don't think he can get it till December. And they said they read an article where they can actually start in September.
1: No, now, so the I, law goes into effect on the thirty first, I believe, on August thirty first is when that new legislation goes into effect. Okay, um, which is maybe where he's getting that. Um, but no, it's I mean, because you could commit to a school and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to come there and start getting money, and then be like, oh yep, never mind, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, I don't think until there's ink on paper, uh, I believe that's how that works.
2: I yeah, mean, it's got to be official one of two
0: things that needs to happen here is that we got to stop the verbal commits until december because the players that make it and then they change some of them within days some of them all up to the last minute uh or we just got to let it be where they can send in their their letter right away uh, because I can see why the NCAA doesn't allow, you know, the that national signing day until December because you let the high school season play out. So you might had a guy that got injured, like, hey, sorry, we got to pull the offer, or there might have been somebody else that rose up. You went to watch this one recruit, and there's another recruit that stood out, and you started watching them, and then you offer them. And also, it gives the high school players. A chance to see that coaching staff that's recruiting them, and the product that they're putting on the field, and their wins and loss results. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I see where the December deal benefits. So maybe, maybe kind of stop these verbal commits because how much do they actually hold
2: in merit right now? You know, not not nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I would maybe say otherwise, just because not every single kid flips you know what i mean it's the it's the five stars that are like williams it's the five stars that are maybe down to two or three schools that they'll commit to one or like luther burton gonna commit to one like you know what never mind um, i'm gonna flip but i'd say the majority of those end up sticking it out and i understand why these kids want to commit you know during the uh during the summer months because they before they start their high school season or their senior year they want to have this like out of the way I'm like okay i'm going to mizzou or i'm going wherever um, and then they just don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, yeah, they can still get recruited, but
0: uh, uh, I'd say if they give a verbal commit, stop the recruiting. It
2: It's not supposed to go, but I, yeah, <laughs> but it's, I mean, what I'm saying, I agree with Skeeter though, because yeah, I mean, why, why even commit to anything if you're gonna still go on visits? Why, you know, uh, what was his name? Who's the guy from, um, this guy went and going to Oregon? Who committed to us, and two weeks later yeah. flipped to Oregon because we're to Oregon. Yeah. But like, why'd you even commit? What was the point of even doing that? Right. And I kind of get it, you know. I I get it. there's guys like uh, the Madison right now who's committed, who yeah. is you know pro Mizzou. He's recruiting everybody with him. Love that. That's the good side of it. And then there's the other side of it where like you know like they came to Oregon. Like uh, like what's going to be whatever happens with the Williams is it doesn't matter. Why why it doesn't matter to put it on paper. So why even put a team down? Yeah. You know.
0: But I mean, you know, Cole, your your mindset with Williams is, if he comes to us, we got him. But if he goes to Oklahoma, it ain't over yet. We still got a chance, you know. So, so what's what? What are we doing here other than just having talking points and giving attention to something that's not one hundred percent?
1: And that's where I'm these coaches. You. That's where these coaches earn their money, because if they got a guy that was considering them. And they commit elsewhere. Again, I keep referencing it, but Luther Burden. Um, had would we be satisfied if Drink would have just backed off and and he was still at OU? No,
0: they recruit active players on active rosters now. They I do. Mean, you know, they Dominic do. Love it. They talk. To, uh, yeah, Dominic <laughs> Love it. Exactly right. You know, Drake May, the quarterback at uh, NC, old Mac Brown said he was getting calls and offers up. Like up to five million to transfer to schools to be quarterback there. Why he's still enrolled at UNC like And then they're worrying about like little old Missouri. I, I find this so funny. I didn't even tend to get off on this tangent, but you know, how many years did we miss out on recruits in state because you had the Ohio states, the Alabamas, the Georgias <clears throat> slipping money under the table. Well, now Nil's out there. And our states get gets creative ahead of what other legislators have done. And so we kind of have an upper hand in a way in recruiting in-state kids. And now you get the Sabins and whatnot of the world saying, oh, we got to put a cap on this NIL. We got to start, you know, NCA needs to step in and regulate this. Like, give me a break. Yeah. One, of, yeah. one of this free-for-all, we're doing it. We We found a way to be more creative. We had a coach and you know a staff at the school that went to our our state representatives our state representatives are more than willing to find a way to make this help us and so we should not be punished in any kind of way
2: for that no um i totally agree with you on that one it seems like we ruffled the feathers because was supposed to be just an easier way for those big schools to get money to players and now it seems like uh Schools like us, schools like South Carolina, that kind of middle tier, really found a way to make this work for our work for ourselves. And uh, I agree. I, I don't think they like that. I think that's why I say one there. I think that's why Sankey, the SEC commissioner, went on a little rant about it. And he didn't mention Missouri by name, but he really worked around the fact he didn't like Missouri's little new NIL laws we got going on. Um, tragic. So, yeah, yeah tragic. for real, tragic. <laughs> oh, too bad. We got a fighting chance now. Sucks to suck. Well, that'll
0: be the thing. Is it? That- in the back of my mind, it's like, what way are they going to find to punish us again? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. You know, give it
1: give it five, six years. How many scholarships
0: are sure. we going to lose out of this? How many years probation? Yeah. What wins are we going to have to forfeit? Like, we'll get to national championship and they'll be like, oh, Missouri is ineligible because their NIL <laughs> makes them ineligible. Yeah, that is you the know? most,
2: yeah, that's the most Mizzou thing that could possibly happen. I totally agree with that. <laughs> they thought January
0: 6th was bad. <laughs> oh, oh God. my God. <laughs> Jeepers. Oh, so Sanky and Emmett will have a bunch of Mad Missourians marching their way. <laughs> they do some shit like that to us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, good night. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, changing the subject. <laughs> this is not a political podcast.
0: <laughs> I was just using that as an example. No, no it's right. exactly. it's I it got way or the other. <laughs> Let's. Y'all want to preview the upcoming season? I mean, are, we're what three weeks out? Or are we excited yet?
1: I'm yeah, so excited! I, mean, I cannot wait. Cannot okay. wait.
0: Well, before we can look out the mirror or the the windshield forward. You gotta check your surroundings. So let's let's look in the rearview mirror real quick. Do a real brief recap of what last year was. Uh six and six, six and seven if you want to count the bowl win. I don't feel like bowl games really matter anymore because they don't matter to 25% of your roster. Uh just go over the games real quick. Opening game beat Louisiana Tech 52-24. Week two at K State lost 40 to 12. Third week, ACU at home. Abilene Christian won 34-17. it was a real tough stretch, real tough stretch. At Auburn, 17-14 loss. Georgia, 22-26 loss. At Florida, 24-17 loss. Then homecoming with Vandy, 17-14 victory there. At South Carolina, we won 23-10. Then... The Kentucky game, twenty-one seventeen loss at Tennessee. which this was a basketball score, but <laughs> football, sixty-six to twenty-four loss. Uh, then at home to Mexico State, forty-five to fourteen. Then we beat them damn pigs, twenty-nine to twenty-seven.
1: Yes, and- sir. <laughs> <laughs>
0: calm down, calm down. <laughs> Lost the bowl game to Wake. Uh, twenty-seven, seventeen. 17 uh, I apologize if I forget anybody on the roster, but I'm just going to talk real quick because there's people out there that listen to us, like Brian that came on two weeks ago, not on social media, and they don't know the ins and outs. So if this is old news to you, we apologize, but we're giving this out to all the listeners. Uh, as far as players off the roster that are no longer there this year, Running back, B.J. Harris, transferred Central Michigan. Wide receiver, Toski Dove, transfers to Michigan. Martez Manuel, or Memphis, yeah, Memphis. What did I say? Michigan, yeah. Michigan. It's Memphis, and I even have it as Memphis on my notes. Martez Manuel uh, got picked up by the Chiefs and then cut, so he's hoping to pick up somewhere, probably. Well, what would you all say if he don't?
1: XFL, hopefully. Yeah, XFL, yeah, I,
2: Play some more ball on yeah. the Battle Hawk or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: running back Elijah Young, who got quite a few carries, he was our, our third running back in line last year, goes to Western Kentucky. Uh, Tyrone Hopper, the defensive tackle, not the linebacker, uh, he graduated. DJ Coleman, defensive end, who really came on strong last year, uh, was signed by Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's trying to make a roster there. Isaiah McGuire was drafted by Cleveland Browns. He's in the league. Uh, Eric Banster graduated. I could not find anything on what he's got going. I don't know if he still has hope to catch on like XFL or, or something like that. Uh, quarterback Jack Abraham graduated. He, let's see, that was his seventh year, so he should be. Graduating dental school <laughs> this year now and will be opening your family dentistry coming to you. But running back Taj Butts entered the transfer portal. We were unable to find if he's landed anywhere. It does not seem to be that way. Uh definitely a portal casualty. Yeah. Trajan Jeff Jeffcoat hit the um <laughs> Mizzou. I'm coming back a week later, transfer portal. Everything looked like he's going back to South Carolina. Then last minute, as either academics or NIL, something on South Carolina's in, they didn't have a spot for him. Rumor has it, he called Drink up and said, I'm coming back. <laughs> Drink said, sorry. And now he's my neighbor down here in Arkansas. Don't know yeah. how true how all those rumors, there's quite a few of them, but. That seems to be the most common.
2: Uh, I've heard all those same sentiments. Um, and we all know drink is a pretty strict policy of once you enter that portal, you're not coming back on my team. So it would make sense if that's what happened.
0: And then defensive back Marcus Scott, he entered the portal, and he signed with Cal, who was <laughs> formerly – Pac 12, I guess this year they're still Pac 12, still Pac Pac 4. Mountain West
2: four, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's merged the Mountain West at this point. Daniel
0: Hawthorne, uh long snapper, he went to Purdue. Hiron White shows he went to SMU. I hope he's healthy and gets to play. Uh, that that's a guy that showed a lot of promise and man, he just got the injury bug and and couldn't get off of yeah. it. Yeah.
2: I really uh, liked him, but if he's going back home to play, I get that. You know, played last the last season at home in Dallas, so I get it. Friend of the pod. Uh,
0: this one hurts. Luke Griffin, uh, whether it was of his own accord or not, but he hit the portal and he's at Purdue. Arden Walker, defensive end. Uh, he went to Colorado. Offensive lineman, Bobby Lawrence, Colorado State. And offensive lineman, Connor Wood, graduated. And then offensive line coach Marcus Johnson left us spring ball, uh, went to become offensive line coach at Purdue. And then Bush Hamden, Hamden. Uh, was our QB coach last year, and he went back to Boise State to be their offensive coordinator. So any of those changes, anything from last year's roster or win-loss results you all think we need to speak of?
2: Um. I I don't know I like uh, I, I I like to push Hamden a lot, but I'm I'm excited about Kirby Moore on that one. So that definitely sticks out to me. Um, a lot of things is it seems like oh do, we didn't we didn't say Dominic Lovett that's a big one. Oh yeah. <laughs> the yards. I <laughs> we didn't say Dominic Lovett that's a yeah. huge one. Uh, that's that's I'm going to talk about talk about that because we got to find some replacement for those yardage and. I mean, Luther burns a touchdown machine, but he didn't have a ton of yards receiving last year. So let's see if he can step up and fill that gap. But maybe Luther didn't have the yards receiving because Dominic Lovett was getting all the catches, you know, so I think that's super interesting,
1: yeah, I'd say two that, yeah, aside from Dominic Lovett, the two that stand out to me, of course, Luke, just because hes you know a good buddy of ours um, kind of established yeah. a relationship when he was here in Columbia. Uh, when I talked to him when he reported for camp, um, or at least moved up there to to move in, he was seemed pretty happy with everything. Um, you know, you gotta be fairly happy that if, you know, you do gotta go to a new spot, that at least your position coach is coming with you. Um, and Coach Johnson, you know, kind of following him there. I guess he went there first, maybe. I don't know who got there first. Anyway, um the Trayson Jeff coat situation is messy. Um I've I've heard some uh some insights and from people inside the program that he he was kind of a turd. Um and I don't know if Drink was trying to flush that turd and it just wouldn't go down. And so he was like, Hey, you need to hit the portal. And when he couldn't find a home, he tried to came back. But uh yeah, that one that that just kinda adds to the rivalry or, you know, non rivalry, I guess, uh, you know, with Arkansas. So We've had a couple players go down there now, not just you know, Trajan Jeff Co, but um Ty Wandsmeyer now, uh Trayvon Brazil. So, but we've got you remember got you all remember uh Jonathan Nance, right? Wide Safe Mark came up here, was at 2019? Yeah, he's good. He played, too. he played some decent minutes for us, yeah. So and now we got uh Connor Vanover by way of Oral Roberts. So I guess we need a baseball player. No, we got one, Leach, so. That's the trade. It's gone again. I know. Bleach is um, gone again. But you it's know, gone again. <laughs> <laughs> that's the age of college sports that we're living in, though. So yeah. Just
0: um, just touch on those two things. Uh, love it. Not downplaying what he did last year, but I feel there's more talent in the room this year, and the talent is there. Uh it's just. Are we going to be running anything close to that same offense and route trees and all that? That's totally uh, fair. And then on Trey John, let's be honest the the trajectory he was on he sh- shouldn't be at Mizzou this year because he should have got drafted in NFL after a sophomore year. Yeah, uh, and he he definitely took a step back last year in production. And you can't say it's because of the guys around him. If anything, the defensive line got better, you know, a hundredfold with the defensive tackles they brought in, and then the play of Isaiah Maguire and all them. Uh, there was no no reason for the drop in production. Uh, so I don't know if he played through injuries. I just saying from the outside, you know. The reason he's not at Mizzou should not be because he transferred. It should be because he went to the league with the skill set he had. So, uh, wish him the best. Hope he's enjoying Fayetteville. I can tell you as I drive through there at five thirty every morning. uh, I think I'd rather be in Como. (laughs) You would. I can assure you that. You'd much rather be. Let me just say that Fayetteville, for all the hype it gets, people they bunch in. Lowell, Springdale, Bentonville, Rogers. They throw all that into Fayetteville. Fayetteville on its own is not that good. Yeah, It's kind of shit. Oh, it's more industrial. You know, As, older uh, parts.
2: It's I'm going to be honest, good. guys. I I hear a lot of social media that Fayetteville is really hyped up. I have I have lived in Kansas City my entire life, and never once have I heard anyone like, yeah, let's go down to the- the uh, Fayetteville for the weekend, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, let's just go on to let's go to Fayetteville. It's a it's a cool little town. I hear that about Des Moines. I hear that about Omaha. I hear that about uh, well, you know, hear about Lawrence. Hear about Columbia. Hear about Springfield. Never once has anyone I've ever known from town been like, oh, we're going down to Fayetteville for the weekend. Like, I, I I feel like I live in two worlds where on social media everyone's like, we talking about Fayetteville? a beautiful fun city. I live. Within a day drive of there, and not a soul I've ever met has been like, yeah, we're going to Fayetteville for the weekend. And then they go to Table Rock. I hear that, that crosses in Arkansas, too, doesn't it? Yeah, Table Rock. Like, uh, yeah, or Beaver. I mean, I'm, thinking, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of Beaver Lake. Is that what Beaver it is, Peter? Yeah. I hear people going to Beaver Lake constantly. I have never even been like, yeah, we will go to Fayetteville for the weekend. Check Fate well, out. I'm
1: glad you brought that up because the only time I've ever heard someone say, oh, well, let's go down to to northwest Arkansas, we'll say we'll put it that way, is my own dearest mother has said that. And she went down there with a bunch of her high school girlfriends. And so you got a bunch of early 50 ladies. And hey, my mom is she's you know, she's still a spring chicken. But she did say that, <laughs> that, that area around uh she did say that area around Beaver Lake is pretty, but you know, they didn't they ain't staying fable. I don't know how we got onto this, but
0: Trade Shaw, Jeff Coat, just saying, you know, so much better. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that's right. You know, that's what I was referencing. I I wish him success, kind of season. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not on on Black Friday.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Uh, But there is really only one Arkansas athlete I root for now, and it's Ty. And I just because I really like Ty. Yeah, Ty.
0: I hope everybody that left Mizzou though looks back and sees the year we have on all sports, and they're like, "Damn, maybe I should have stuck it out." <laughs>
1: if there's a silver lining to some of our guests and former Mizzou athletes transferring, now we'll get an insight on what the deer hunting's like. Other than Skeeter, we'll get a deer hunting. Uh, get an insight on what the deer hunting's like in Arkansas
2: and in Indiana. So I'm actually kind of excited for the Indiana one. There's good bucks sure. out there. For sure,
1: and and the ducks, and because uh, you know Luke's a big waterfowl guy, so I also have not have one of
2: beef with that program at all. So I feel like I can root for him.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, let's let's go into this year's roster. Uh, you guys want me to go jersey numbers
2: and each individual player? No, let's just do just
1: let's just do the, the highlights. Yeah, yeah. Run through this
2: group and we'll talk about the ones that are kind of big there. Okay. Well.
0: I'm just going to touch on people that are, are new that are sticking out to me here. So Joshua Manning, uh, wide receiver, freshman at a Lee summit. Uh, he's in this year, Theo Weiss jr. That's another receiver we brought in from OU six, uh, two uh, senior. And then you go down to Sydney Williams uh, safety. I believe he transferred from Florida state and was a starter there. That's, Kind of an interesting transfer. Him and the, the Florida uh, DB here, Travez Johnson. Trayvaz is uh, a good player. He started every every game for Florida last year, and it's – Yeah. Who are they competing with is uh, Carlisle, uh, you know, who's – Yeah. Who,
1: who's you got snaps to give up. Charleston, him? Yeah, yeah, Carlisle. But,
2: man, you need Carnell. so many bodies. With the way our defense plays, with the havoc rate they create, you need a lot of bodies. You need a lot of good bodies. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like you're gonna get tired. You're gonna you're gonna have long drives against you. But I think they're just smart on their part is reloading the back end of those positions, just having tons of dudes because you are going to rotate so many through
1: injuries too, man. I feel like DBs injuries is a, too. Is a is a uh, oh there's a special for those that not watching on YouTube. Cases cat. What's your cat's name? Max. Max. Max the cat. There he is. Anyway, you have to watch on YouTube if you want to see Max. Um, but, no, DBs, I, I, that's a that's a position you want depth. Yeah, not only for long drives and guys eating gas, but injuries. Um, got to have it.
0: It's just something that's sticking out to me right now where we're at on this is we ought to have the best special teams unit, you know, kick coverage, punt coverage that we've ever had because uh, we, we got some – really athletic guys that aren't going to see the field as offensive snaps for a majority of the game. And so they're going to, they're going to be able to contribute special teams wise and, you know, field position is going to be, that's a huge, a lot to go into a win and loss of a game uh, is a field position, but continuing on the roster, number six uh, quarterback, Jake Garcia hand them, the girls on channel 13 that are bringing us the practice highlights every day. 17, 17, 17. 17 yeah. My bad. Natalie Jones. Correct.
2: Yeah. Yep. She's the one put him out today. She did really good work. Yep. yep. And Chanel Porter, I think is the other one.
0: Yeah. And so she's got a lot of people drooling over Jake Garcia. It seems like today, like a lot of people I saw today. All right. I've seen enough. Jake Garcia. He's my starter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he throws the ball hard. Good Lord. Yeah. He throws the ball hard. He does. Got the some camera set. couldn't keep up half the time. Yeah. Did you notice that? On the Jake yeah. Garcia ones, He's like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> I'm trying to catch up how fast that ball's getting there. Yeah. And
0: then another wide receiver, Dennis Jackson. I think he's kind of getting overlooked uh, coming in from Ole Miss, bringing some SEC play experience with him. Uh, 5'11",
2: 171. He's kind of a speedster, right, if if I'm yeah the I think you're right cuz he looked good and some highlights came out there yesterday. I think yeah. it was today.
0: And then uh number 13, Kabari Johnson, quarterback. I'm hoping we don't see him on the field this year.
1: We won't. Uh, we won't. I don't I don't think there's hardly any way. Maybe some special packages, but just you know to get to that four game set, but Significant playing time, no. I don't think there's any way that we see him.
0: And then number 16, wide receiver, Daniel Blood, freshman out of Louisiana. Probably won't see him much on the field, I, I don't believe. Uh Marquise Johnson, uh, another pass right, guy. No, he's
2: wide receiver no. out of – out of Texas. Yeah, speedy quees, Yeah. He was yeah the, uh, yep, that's the guy that won the track record, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep.
0: Five eleven, yeah. uh, one eighty. Uh number eighteen, Dylan Liable quarterback, transfer out of JUCO. Uh Cole, you've had DM from his parents and they seem to be excited.
1: That's right. I said keep an eye out on him, keep an eye for number eighteen. So we're gonna see.
0: Uh number twenty, Marvin Burks Jr. Uh Huge get, that was another one of them. I'm committed, Ole Miss, and then come signing day. How many?
2: He probably attended more games than half the season ticket holders last year. That's he bro. committed to Ole Miss, and then the next day was at our home game versus Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'd We're be interesting like, to was see. So if, funny
1: if Williams commits to OU, but he's coming to Mizzou games. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, really, or vice versa. If he commits to us and he's going down to Norman for games, red flag right there.
0: Yeah, uh, That's
2: red flag. That's
0: uh, drive. double number here, number 20, Jamal Roberts, uh, running back out of the St. Louis area. Man, he's he's looking pretty good
2: on the highlights. He's he's a cool one because he was like a pretty like Miller Road three star, but then right towards the end, when they kind of stopped updating rankings, he went off right. And I'm mm-hmm. like took like a huge leap. So he really, I don't know. It doesn't matter, but he played more like a four star senior year. And I think we kind of got a, like a hidden gem in that one. I think, I think I'm actually really excited about that player.
1: One of mine is, um, I'm sure Skeeter's going to cover it, but Joe Moore, number 45. That one's, he was, yeah, he was on some highlights getting to the quarterback and Dave matter wrote a really good story about him, him and his dad, um, during his, uh, Transfer portal slash early recruiting, you know, because Coach Odom was going after him, but for whatever reason they didn't land him. And I don't blame him. He wanted to go play at Arizona State under Herm Edwards, but that uh that blew up in his face big time.
0: It blew up in Harm's face. And Herm's but face too. It blew up in Herm's uh, face. I think it blew up in Herm's back because it seemed yeah. there was a bunch of stuff going on behind his back. Yes. His staff wanting him out. Allegedly. Uh, Number 21, Niles Gaddy, defensive lineman out of Jackson State. Uh, I think that's going to be another one of those underrated transfer portal guys, which defensive line is loaded. (laughs) I don't know how all these guys are going to see the field, but uh, excited for him. Uh, Let me see. Y'all have anything you want to talk about while I'm still looking?
2: Oh, I do not said Firestone yet, but I'm really excited about him. I like his yeah. game quite a bit. He had a few starts. Uh, or I don't know, He had some snaps last year in Big Ten play. So he's got some big P5 experience. Um, I think that was a really underrated get that no one's talking about because you're basically, he's still got four years left. You're basically getting a freshman that's played big time football and you can mold him wherever you want, but he also knows what it takes. So i huge on that get. I think Firestone's going to be a big, big force. Yeah, for sure.
0: 45, Joe Moore. Uh, legacy
2: junior, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Was 45 his dad's number here? I
1: believe so. Yeah. No, that might've been referenced sure heard
2: that. in the, uh, in the article. Um, uh,
1: but yeah, that's one I'm, I'm excited about. I mean, he's pretty big guy. He's got instinct. He's got the, you know, the true son. He's got Mizzou blood in him. So, there's, yeah, like there's got to be something that isn't even, you know, measurable for that, that you have a player that who's, whose dad played here, who went elsewhere and played college football and has an opportunity to come back. That's like, that's something that you can't measure that excitement and like that school pride. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get on a soapbox about it, but there's, there's something there that I think is going to be special once, once we see it on the field.
2: I, I totally agree.
0: Uh, number 46, Ben Stropman, uh, transfer from Missouri S&T uh, down there in Rolla. I actually had a cousin play college ball there. And I think he came come out with a pretty nice uh, engineering degree that football paid for. Uh, underrated position, but very important in critical moments of the game. Number 49, Brett LeBlanc. Long snapper. Uh, you don't want to recognize them, guys. You don't want to realize they're on the field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 50, Marcellus Johnson, uh, tackle from Eastern Michigan. Uh, I think he's got a starting spot pretty well from where the rumors yep. are. Uh, be interesting. If he's not, that means somebody had a hell of a camp and took it from me. Yeah. Uh, Connor Tollison here real quick. Just want to touch on it. When they first put the uh, roster out, they showed him at 305. They've updated it 286. Some people were talking about the 300 weight case as... I don't mean this as a weight-wise, but as a vertical-wise, as a larger man of life, you said no way he was 305.
2: No, I saw watching highlights. I was like, there's no way he's 305. He's looking a little too thin for that. And then Cameron
0: Johnson, uh, the big offensive line transfer from Houston, following his coach over. He's going to be number 74. Uh
2: I think that's getting toward the end here on it.
1: Yeah, I'd say that I'd
2: say that pretty much
1: covers just about everybody. New
2: punter, but I forgot the punter's name. He's an Aussie.
1: Aussie guy. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. That's... Is that
2: Riley Williams? I yeah. So. From yeah,
1: Blue
0: Mountains, so. Australia. Yeah. Yep. it's gonna be 97. Uh Austin Firestone's gonna be number 98. Uh real quick. Harrison Meavis. You know, Mickey at 573T said, <laughs> wait till we see him, the work he's put in. What they have listed on the roster chart, five eleven, two forty three. 243.
2: Good night. Linebacker. Uh, he, does, he does look like more in shape, though. I saw a highlight of him the other day. He looked more toned, you know what I mean, like a more muscular build than he was last year.
1: I hope so. I want to see him be able to hit a 60 yarder this year.
2: Yeah, just big big buff kicks. Yeah,
0: I want to see him hit a (laughs) 30-yarder.
2: (laughs) True, a (laughs) 25-yarder. For real.
0: (laughs) He was. We've talked about it. Kirby Moore coming over from Fresno to be uh, an offensive coordinator. Brandon Jones coming up from Houston to be an offensive line coach. Uh, I think that's about it as far as roster changes. Next week we'll get into the schedule. And We'll, we'll kind of go game by game, and we'll give our season predictions next week. But anything on the roster sticking out to y'all, there's there's a lot to me when I look at it. There's a lot of upperclassmen that yeah. didn't have to come back that came back. Yeah. I think this team has a goal, and it's not just drink what's talking in the mic.
2: Yeah. Uh, I
0: think the results of guys that came back speaks. And I know NIL helps that a lot because these guys can make money now. They don't have to leave. They don't have to be in a hurry to go try to make a pro team. Uh, but, man, for them to want to come back and say they have unfinished business,
2: I don't know how that don't get you hyped up. Right. No, yeah. It absolutely does. I know. I, I totally win. I'm hyped. This season this season feels bigger than the last two for me and that seems weird cuz I was really hyped for the last two. So, um and it's not makeup. I I don't know if make a breaks the right word, but it is definitely like put up or shut up for a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the only thing I got left on
1: on all of that would be we saw the job the drink did bringing in Coach Baker and and that um and and building this coaching staff. I'm am just really excited to see how he has done replacing the O-line coach, and rep, and adding the offensive coordinator. I guess replacing being replacing himself, but yeah, if he if he nails him like he did, Coach Baker, we we should have a pretty good season, right? Right here at but, Pro Field.
0: Just watching, watching. Uh, started with Uncut Diamonds, where they follow him in Spring Ball. Yeah. And then the highlights we're seeing now coming out of uh fall camp. Man, the way these coaches are coaching. Uh I saw one last week where Baker, I mean, he wasn't cutting nobody no slack. It's and intense, it, man. And it I think it was either Charleston or uh Marcus Clark that he was yelling at and it was get on this spot right here. And so the attention to detail and how many how many times Last year, did little small attention to detail cost us. Yep. Uh, Tennessee, you get one step out of place on them guys, and they're scoring. Bless you, brother. <laughs> you know, <it, laughs> try to, to keep it off the audio. <laughs> uh, it didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> but, you know, the coaches also look like they're meshing. Yeah. Uh, I think Drink has an ideal fit of what he wants personality-wise from him, and I, I just feel like from the roster, from the coaching staff, this is the most cohesive unit we've had under Drinkwitz.
1: Yeah, we're, and that's exactly what the 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 long long about way of saying exactly what I just said is I'm. I'm, ex- I'm just really stoked to see how what we've seen in Uncut Diamonds on the, uh on the media pieces translates over to game day action. Yeah.
0: But a Kentucky player gets knocked on the sideline into the team. I think it's going to be more than 10 surrounding him this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but not only is football season coming up close, we are – a month away opening of archery it's
2: uh five weeks just about 15th september here yeah
1: yeah five weeks
0: so let's let's talk outdoors uh i feel we kind of got away from really going in-depth outdoors and i don't know that we have a lot to go in-depth about but we can definitely start talking about it
1: one thing i say that I typically am very very adamant about doing during the summer but with the arrival of my second daughter we didn't get into a whole lot this summer is frog gigging that's one thing that my dad and my brother in law and i love to do is go frog gigging um if you haven't had or if you haven't ever done it uh, my dad's former boss used to say it's much fun as you can have at night with your clothes still on um it's <laughs> it's a good time but one thing before we get into deer season one thing I'm absolutely stoked about um, and I'm actually taking my daughter to do this year is dove hunting. Um, Got her pretty hyped up. She's going to be my dove dog this year um, retrieving down doves once I shoot them. So, you know, you know how little kids are. They get into the modes where they want to act like a puppy or something like that. Well, we're going to capitalize on that and she's going to be my dove dog this year.
0: I got to ask because I know what, dove season was in louisiana like september 1st you know opening weekend whatever it usually is uh that that's when everybody you never hear anybody talk about dove hunting after that opening weekend right. it's going out in the field grilling usually drinking quite a few beers <laughs> and it's more of a tradition than actually hunting uh is it is it that way up there for y'all or y'all actually get into the dove itself
1: no i mean they're delicious um a little bit of jalapeno and bacon and cream cheese and some barbecue seasoning is very very hard to beat um no we don't as much get into the grilling and, and beer drinking but we that's what we're there to do is hunt um and so yeah, I'm gonna at least try and get a limit. Uh, it's it's a good time. It's, it's challenging because they fly so fast, and from a distance, you know, they have a they need grit, they need water, and they need food, um, and so they kind of get on. If you can get somewhere in between that little triangle or whatever their path is, um, it it can be a good time. We got I think we got a limit opening day last year, and then later that evening, I went to work, and uh, and then we had the night game that Thursday, uh, against, where was Louisiana tech. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good time and it's a good way to kind of like soft welcome the fall. That's how, you know, like falls very, very close when stuff season opens.
0: I, I just remember, uh, my papa died in 2003 down in Louisiana and at the graveside service on the backside of the tree line from the cemetery was a fresh cut cornfield mm-hmm. and my uncles had to go over and get the guys to stop shooting because they were rainbowing their pellets and they were oh hear them dinging on the hoods of the cars.
1: Holy <laughs> you know, cow. During the, during funeral. the funeral.
2: Good. It <laughs> like y'all, you just watched that most recent honey in public video about don't be a jerk in the field. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's one of those sketches out of that one. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I just saw Warb. I just saw Warb the other day too, here in Columbia. Warb was in Como. Yeah, he lives here. His his wife and and their kids live here. What? Yeah, I thought he lived in Georgia. No, no, dude. He lives like not even a mile from me.
2: Well, it's that's yeah. awesome. Tell him to come on
1: the show sometime. I might. I might. I'll have to shoot him a okay, DM. I'll
2: be Stark. <laughs> that
1: one. He takes his uh, he takes his boys to Mizzou basketball games when they're when they're not hitting the
2: road. For real? Yeah, guys, listeners, you're learning something I learned for the first time. This is amazing <laughs> to me. This is the, the coolest thing Cole's told me. Him being honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, Lord, man, he's a good dude.
2: I love those videos, man. I'm watching him do stuff like crazy. Yeah.
0: But, Cole, you were telling us some pre-show of a purchase that, of your dad's uh, that you're going to be doing a lot of more out, outdoor activities as well.
1: Yeah, Dad. Um, he had a coworker. His is actually moving down to your neck of the woods. Going to be doing uh, some stuff once it gets finalized. I'll maybe tell a little bit more about it. That's actually the great platform for it. Um, but yeah, Dad's got a P row now. So for those who don't know, it's kind of kind of like a John boat, but a little bit different. Deep hole, um, semi V hole to it. Um, but yeah, he's you know we're gonna be fixing that up and getting back to kind of getting back to our roots, setting try lines and bank poles and, you know, hitting the river to do some fishing. It's been a really been before I joined the army. So 11, 12 years ago that, that we had a boat and we're tearing up the Missouri river. So we're, we're pretty excited about that.
0: Okay. Is P row the brand of the boat, like uh, where people say John Deere or a Bobcat, whatever, like.
1: No, there's... just the style of boat. So if you ever watch swamp people, Uh anybody that's seen T Roy, um, the kind of boat that he's driving and using to pull in gators, that's the uh same kind of boat the dad's dad's got now.
0: I was gonna say the the true P Row to me is almost like a single person canoe. Yeah, Uh, it's not a kayak, but single person canoe.
1: Almost like a a duck layout, you know, kind of boat. Yeah, okay. no, this is a little bit bigger than that. I think it's 20, 20 or twenty-two foot. So it's a good size, good size boat.
0: Well, when you when you were telling me in pre-show, I was thinking, boy, that that'd be a good way <laughs> to tip over trying to pull some trap. <laughs> yeah, in the,
1: in the Missouri, you bring a hundred pound catfish in the boat, and it's that's a wrap, boy. He's gonna get turned loose because that boat's gonna sink.
0: Yeah, uh, case, uh, I know you're you're showing off some. Uh, deer pictures, so you got cameras out, but uh, you are also bragging here about some 3D uh, shoots. Have oh, I yeah, coming past or still upcoming.
2: I got one more. I'm probably gonna do this year. There's one this weekend that is a pretty big one in Kelton, Missouri. So if you're there, check that out. Uh, man, I got in a 3D because you guys listen to the show for this whole time. You know, I, I struggled in the stand last year. My first season with the bow, and um. One of the guys little pro shops, we told me was getting 3D, and man, I can't recommend that. As I've said before, I can't recommend that enough. I've done a handful of these events now this summer. It is a great way to stay sh- sharp in the summer. It's a ton of fun. It's a good exercise. It is it's a hoot and a half. You see some targets, you know, you see some sights that you probably wouldn't normally see, or at least you get a little more. Um, What're trying to say here? Uh, Better judge, better judge a distance. Better judge of you know how to shoot this. So man, that has been so much fun this summer and definitely kept me busy. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really trying to get at the bow here, and it takes a lot of practice. I probably didn't have enough practice last year. Uh, thank God I missed that those that deer completely with arrow. It's just complete miss on my point my part. But um, yeah, uh, that's been a lot of summer doing a lot of 3D. Um. Probably one more this year. A lot of target shooting. I've been messing, and we we we. I could go on a whole podcast about mixing arrow weights and crap like that right now. Oh yeah. Oh, I've been. I have actually that's how I on yeah. Facebook because yeah. I wanted to see what you were running, see if anyone else is interested. But man, like, do I run on the five hundreds? Do I want to run like four fifty? Some guys are out there running like <laughs> some of out there running like seven hundred gram. Like I throw throwing logs out there. Yeah. so it's that's been a lot of fun for me is messing around with that um check my twitter if you want to see my setup if you're interested in that too um so that's been a lot of my summer and then fly fishing gotten really to fly fishing this year man um went to colorado obviously but i've been i've been bluegill fishing the crap out of uh smithville lake lately just so i did i took last uh, Friday off. I gotta burn a bunch of days off at of work. And I don't want to take a whole week off. So I've just been taking every Friday off and went out, caught some bluegill last week. It's a lot of fun. You can't beat that.
1: Yeah. Good deal, man. Good deal.
0: That, that shooting the bow, like when you can do it in all those different situations, it'll just help it become so much more natural to where you're not you're not thinking about the process of shooting the bow when that deer steps out this year for you. You'll, you'll, you know, judge your distance or use your, uh, range finder, whatever it is. And next thing you know, you'll hear that arrow hit and you'll be like, I just hit, I just shot a deer. I just shot a deer. Be second nature, man. And then your heart rate will find another level that you didn't know you had. (laughs) So, uh, Um, I kind of, kind of want to get somebody, uh, to be able to tag along with you and record because I'm gonna be interested to see. I, I know it's coming this year for you to get that first kill with the bow. It is. And I can feel it. To get that to get that recorded, man, how awesome would that be? I wish I could go back and record my first kill with the bow. Yeah,
2: me too. Man, I agree. I. Let's oh, go. It's gotta be. I, I put so much work in with that thing that you be professional with this bow that I would hope so. It's gotta get one in front of me, but yeah, maybe I need to find a way. I don't know. I could get a. Phone. I thought I'd getting a phone mount for the bow. That wouldn't be as fun, but you know what I mean? Like something like that.
1: We'll see. I got one. I got
2: I got one on my uh on my
1: phone and on my bow now. I'll send it to you a little bit later. Well, I right. you probably
0: have a eighty something inch wingspan. You probably got enough room. <laughs> on your limbs to mount a GoPro facing forward and a GoPro facing back and it's not like, <laughs> right. like, maybe oh, that's a bit too much.
2: Got a long lot of bow there.
0: But Cole, you're running out of battery and this is going on an hour. So
1: an hour and fifteen minutes, man. We just been talking it up. We don't have a guest on. We're just chat, bumping chat, our guns on here.
0: I know it's a little bit slower going through the roster like that, but yeah, it was uh, that's all right. Really just I mean want to inform people and you know because uh, there's people that, that don't live on social media like we do at times. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know back in the old days, it's like, who's that? Who's wearing that number this year? You know? and Yeah. So if you kind of start learning those names and numbers now, it, it can go a long way and make the game a little bit more enjoyable to where it's second nature. You just know who's out there. It does. Yeah. Fellas, next week, we're going over schedule. And season predictions. And I want to hear what y'all gotta say. We're we're gonna put some hard wins and loss numbers down. And what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and what's overachieving.
1: Yep. I like it. Good timing for it too.
0: Yeah. And then after that, the next episode will be game week.
1: Game preview. Yep. Holy cow. It's coming fast, isn't it? It is. It's here. Yeah. We made it. Season
0: two kicked off. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate all our listeners. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram at Mizzou Pod. Find us on uh, Facebook, Woods Water Mizzou Podcast. As always, you'll have a great weekend. M-I-Z-Z-O-U.
1: Good Tigers, y'all take care.